You're listening to Summit Podcasts, where you'll find sermon audio, weekly discussions of the message, the Back 40 Leadership Podcast, and much, much more. Subscribe today at summitpodcast.church and share this episode with your friends. Summit Church, every life made different. So thank you so much for being here today. Um, Today is not a normal Sunday morning for us at Summit, uh, as far as the order and what we do, but it's, it's a normal Sunday in that we believe Jesus shows up every time we get together. And so I'm so grateful that you're here today. Thank, for, thank you for worshiping with us. If this is your first time, if you're a guest with us, make yourself at home. Um, I'd love for you to come back again and hang out with us and spend some time with us. Um, but thank you for being here today for whatever reason. We'd love to get to know you and connect with you a little bit better. So thank you for being here, worshiping with us. Those of you that are worshiping with us online, thanks so much for being a part. We really do appreciate it. We appreciate all of you worshiping with us. Every weekend means so much, we're grateful. We just got a couple thoughts to share with you today. One of the things that's different about today is that um, worship is a little longer and the preaching is much shorter. And some of you are like, I could get used to this. <laughs> Don't count on it. Um, we started a series a few weeks ago, and I, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, by the way, we're gonna start doing baptisms uh, differently, but we're gonna do it every single month. So um, we're gonna do them on the weekends, some continue to do them like this some, but then we're also gonna start adding them to our nights of worship when we do our waiting rooms. We're gonna start, oh, I'm getting teared up about that. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about baptisms for waiting room. Um, I believe God's gonna work, that we're gonna see so many people baptized and people coming to faith that we get to celebrate with. I'm excited about that. So if you are seeing this today and you're like, I need to be baptized, um, we want you to, and you can get signed up for that. Uh, but we'll be literally doing them about every month now. So there won't be a long waiting time for you to be able to sign up for your next one, but I'm excited about that. Um, so I just wanted to mention that we're in a series right now called Rubicon. And Rubicon is a river um, in Northern Italy. It used to separate Greece or Rome from its northern provinces. And Julius Caesar was, he led his army across the Rubicon into Rome. And this was a capital offense. This was an act of treason. And he knew that if he did this, um, he, would be, he would be tried as a criminal. And he had a deep conviction that this was the right thing to do. So he crossed the Rubicon. And, and for us, the Rubicon represents a, a line of commitment where we say, if I'm crossing, this line, I'm, I'm all in. I'm, there's no turning back to the decision I've made. And I love baptisms because what the people are saying is, hey, I'm crossing the Rubicon. I'm going across this line. There's no turning back for me now. This is what my life is dedicated and committed to. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see what the folks in our, in our church that are being baptized, where God takes them and what happens. Um, so we talked about total commitment to Christ on Easter last weekend, if you missed it, Chad Williams was with us. He's a former Navy SEAL and shared some of his story, which is incredible. And one of the things he said several times was um, the way he made it through SEAL training was he just had an attitude that said, I'd rather die than quit. And I just got so convicted of that because I thought, man, what if I was that committed in my life to the different things in my life that I'd rather die than quit, whatever it is. And I just thought, man, we need that kind of mentality when it comes to Christ, when it comes to growing in our faith, when it comes to loving others well. And there's a passage that I'd like to share with you today, Ephesians chapter four. This is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. And he says this, now these are the gifts 
Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. And I just wanna point out here that Paul tells the Ephesian church that the pastors are a gift to the church. I'm just saying, I'm not, I wouldn't say that, but Paul said it, I just wanna point that out. Even when I say things you don't like sometimes, I'm a gift, that's what he says. Verse 12 says, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So my responsibility is not just to preach and not just to uh, lead our staff, but our, my responsibility and the responsibility of our pastors is to raise people up to do the work of ministry. It's not our job to do ministry and then you consume the ministry, but it's our job to help equip you to find your part and play your part and discover your purposes and callings and giftings and grow in your faith so that you can do the work of ministry. That's what our calling is. And it says in verse 13, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. This will continue until we come to unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we'll be mature. What it's talking about here is heaven. So when we come to full maturity, that's gonna be heaven. None of us arrive here on earth. Uh, when Paul talks about being made perfect in Christ, he's talking about heaven. We won't be perfect until then. But in the meantime, we are growing in our faith. We're pursuing God. And it says in verse 14, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So what Paul's talking about here is maturity. He's talking about two kinds of people. There are those that are spiritually mature and those are spiritually immature. And I don't know if you've ever met people who thought they were mature, but they were really immature. Have you ever met somebody like that? And some of you are nudging your husband right now. You're like, yep, I do. I married him, right? But there are people we think are mature. We go, well, look, they're, you know, they're older. They got gray hair. Surely they're mature. And sometimes the people that seem like they should be the most spiritually mature are the most spiritually immature. And then we have people that you would think are spiritually immature that are really spiritually mature. It's hard to gauge based on their age. We can't do it, right? But Paul's talking to the church and he says, hey, you should strive for spiritual maturity. And so in this series, the application is this. I want you to strive. I want you to be totally committed to spiritual maturity in your life. What I don't want is a church full of people who say, I am committed to come to church. No, I want you to come to church, but that's not enough. I don't want a church full of people who say, I'm committed to praying once in a while. I'm committed to, no, no, no. I want you to be totally committed to growing in Jesus Christ. And so I just wanna to talk to you for a minute about that. Paul talks about immature and mature people. He, he talks about immature people and he says, immature people are like children. And I love kids, I really do love kids. I make jokes about kids uh, sometimes, but I do, I promise I love kids. Um, and we had five or six children baptized in Indiana this weekend and it pumps me up to see that. I love that so much. Um, and and I, love, I love our kids, I'm grateful for them. But kids don't act like adults, do they? And adults don't always act like kids. They shouldn't act like kids, but sometimes they do. But, but children are the way Paul describes immature people. He said, they're like children, right? He said, then we will no longer be immature like children. He wants to be mature, not like children. So what are children like? Well, they're impulsive. 
They, they don't understand. Let's, let's think about that. Let's wait. Is this really a wise option? They don't understand that. Do you know why? Because they're 100% based on their feelings. I feel hungry, so I want food. Think about a, a baby, an infant, right? They, have, they are totally responding to their impulses. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I, I messed my pants, right? Again, hopefully those are the things that are motivating us as adults. <laughs> someday, someday. But here's the thing, they don't care about others. They're not thinking, you know, I shouldn't cry for my mom to feed me right now because it's two in the morning. And I know she's got a big day at work tomorrow. So I'm just gonna, I'll, I just won't cry. It'll be fine. They don't do that. Why? Because they go, I am hungry and you need to respond to my needs. And this is what babies do. This is what kids do. This is not what mature believers should do. Mature believers should not be saying, I demand, and you need to respond to my needs, mature believers need to be able to say, hey, I wanna consider the needs of others, not just myself. We can't just be selfish. We can't just live according to our feelings. Children lack self-awareness. They don't know how the world perceives them. They don't understand indoor and outdoor voices very well. My oldest daughter, I've told this story before, but my oldest daughter, Abby, she's graduating from college later this week. And, um, and I'm so proud of her, but years ago, she was little and she was potty trained, but we had stopped. Uh, she needed to go to the bathroom. So we stopped at a, like a truck stop and we went in and I take her in, take her in the stall and she's doing her thing. And I'm standing in the stall, like waiting with her. And um, we're hearing people come in and out and it's, we're by ourselves in, in the bathroom now, but we hear somebody come in. And you can hear the footsteps and you hear the noise and he flushes the stool and then you hear the door open. And as the door opening is opening, my three, maybe four-year-old says, daddy, that boy didn't even wash his hands. <laughs> and I, I am imagining this biker with like tattoos all over. And I'm just imagining him like bursting the door open and just pummeling me to death in this truck stop bathroom stall in front of my child on the toilet. That's what I'm imagining. And so it's dead silence in the bathroom. Like she said that and I'm like, oh no. Like, oh, what did you do? And it's silence. The door doesn't close. We heard it swing open. And after she said that, we hear the door start to close and we hear his footsteps. And he goes over and he turns on the faucet. <laughs> like, okay. At least one man got guilted into washing his hands in the bathroom, right? But she didn't understand. You're not supposed to say that. You're not supposed to. They don't understand the rules of life. They just say what they feel, do what they say, because it's impulsive and they're lacking self-awareness. That's what children do. Another thing immature people do is they follow every trend. They get excited about every trend that comes their way. And Paul said, this is what happens. They, they get blown about by every wind of new teaching. New teaching comes up and they just pursue it. That's what they do. They follow every shiny object that comes their way. And the third thing we see that immature people do is they're influenced easily and they're convinced that their position is correct. So they're easily influenced, which is a problem because they're influenced by the wrong people. And then they're absolutely convinced that whatever they are believing must be true. Children are the worst about this. I wanna show you a quick video. Um, this is, I got permission, but this is Kendall Kersey, Pastor Kendall's son and daughter. Um, 
Kenley and Cannon. Cannon got baptized in our first service today, by the way. Well, I'm so proud of him. And uh, yeah. And I wanna, I wanna set it up because it's hard to understand them because they were real little at the time. They're arguing about the existence of unicorns and the function of unicorns. And Canon is making the case that unicorns must be real because they make rainbows and rainbows are real. Therefore, we must have unicorns who make the rainbows. And Kenley is trying to explain to him, no, Jesus makes everything, but he doesn't make unicorns. They are make-believe. So I just wanna set that up for you. Let's take a look at their argument on video. Kenley, why don't you listen to Kenley? Because, because unicorns are real and unicorns make rainbows, so they are real. No, they're not! <laughs> <laughs> oh! Kenley, let me tell you something. Jesus, Kenley, Kenley, No yelling, no let yelling. No yelling, please. Talk calmly. It's a buttercup. What is buttercup? Okay, see. Buttercup is on the finger. So, Kinley, what were you trying to say? Just pretend. Oh, unicorns are real. This is the way kids argue, right? They just raise their voices. Unicorns are real. No, they're not. And even after the authority figure says unicorns aren't real, he says unicorns are real. And this is the way immature people act. Unfortunately, I've seen too many cases of people in the church that are supposed to be mature, grown believers that are arguing in church over things like, are unicorns real? Things that don't really matter, things that don't have eternal importance or value, but that's what immature people do. We just yell over the top of the other person. And Paul's saying, don't, don't be immature, be mature. Be grown up in your faith. Be committed to growing in your faith. And so what does he say about mature people? He says, number one, that they seek unity in the faith, that they don't seek uniformity, that we don't have to look the same and think the same and act the same, but, but we need to be unified in our faith, that we need to love each other well in spite of our differences. Jesus talked about this in the high priestly prayer, John 17. He prays for us. He prayed for his disciples and his future disciples. And he prays to God and he says, God, let them be one as we are one. So he said, just as you and I are one, let them be one. That was his prayer for us, that we would be unified. And mature people will seek unity in the faith. See, I, I believe that unity in the faith is not a lack of conflict, but it's an abundance of love. It doesn't mean that we won't disagree, but what it means is we're gonna disagree in the right way. We're gonna disagree and still love each other really, really well. That's what mature believers should do. Immature believers are just gonna yell over the top of each other. They're gonna get mad because you didn't vote for the person I voted for. You're not angry at the things I'm angry about, so you must be wrong. See, mature people love each other in spite of their differences. Mature people seek deep knowledge of Jesus. 
it says here, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son. See, as we are growing in our faith, we should have a deep knowledge of who Jesus is, that we should know him well because we're pursuing him. We're coming to church. We're listening to the word. We're reading the word. We're talking to like-minded believers and trying to figure out who is God and what does he want for my life? Deep knowledge of Jesus. Another thing we see is he says, hey, don't be immature. And then in verse 15, he says, instead, we'll speak the truth in love. See, immature people will not speak the truth in love. They might speak the truth, but they're not gonna do it in love. And they might love you, but they're never gonna speak the truth to you. That's what immature people do. But, but mature believers are gonna speak the truth in love. They're gonna say things that may be unpopular because they love someone enough to say, speak truth to them. And that's hard to do. But this is what Paul says. He says, we speak truth in love. And he says, growing in every way more and more like Christ. So as we speak truth in love, it disciplines our hearts because we don't just speak truth and love to others. We speak truth and love about ourselves. See, a mature believer is gonna be the first one to say, hey, I, I, I don't always get it right. Man, I blew it in that moment. Man, I failed. Man, I've sinned. I struggle. Because we can speak truth and love, not just about others, but ourselves as well. And what does that do? Well, it builds up the body. The last thing that mature people do is they understand their part and do their job. That's what it says in verse 16, that, that mature people um, understand that God makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And each part, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. See, when I'm mature, I understand that, um, that God's called me to a specific role, to a specific purpose, and when I understand what my role and purpose is, it not, only, it not only frees me to live out God's purposes for my life, but it actually frees up the rest of the body. See, when, when one part of your body's not functioning correctly, the other parts of your body have to make up for it. But when all the parts of the body are firing on all cylinders and, and doing what they're supposed to be doing, every other part of the body can function the way they were intended and designed to function. And when you don't fulfill your part of the body, other parts have to make up for it. But when we all find our place and say, God, I'll be obedient to be mature and, and for you to use me in whatever area you want, then it allows us to be fulfilled, but it also allows the people around us to find their place as well. And then ultimately it says that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. See, it impacts the whole church, but not just that. Your family is, will be better when you commit to total maturity. When you say, I wanna be totally mature in my walk with Christ. I'm gonna totally commit to that. I don't wanna just go to church once in a while. I wanna grow in my faith. I wanna know Jesus. I wanna experience him. Then it's gonna transform you, your family, the people around you, and it's gonna free them up to become everything God wants them to be as well. That's my challenge to you today. Will you commit, totally commit to maturity? Not just saying a prayer, not just showing up to church once in a while, but saying, God, I wanna be mature in my faith. I wanna grow in my faith. I'm not gonna act like a child. I'm not gonna get in arguments over rainbows and unicorns. I'm gonna make sure that I'm mature in my faith. Um, one of the ways we do that is by finding your place, getting on a team, getting in a group, going through, uh, through growth track. These are the things that will help you find your place here at Summit Church. And we want to do that. We want to help you find your place here at Summit Church. So if you would, bow your head and close your eyes all this place. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for what you've done today. God, I believe that you have 
done the incredible today. I believe that you've answered prayers today. I believe that we've seen miracles happen in this place today. So God, we hold fast to that. But God, I believe that the greatest work you wanna do is yet to be done. Lord, I believe that you've brought people here to bring them into your family, to adopt them as sons and daughters. And I pray that our hearts would be open to that today, that we'd be receptive to that. So Lord, I pray for those that don't know you today, let today be the day they surrender it all. Let today be the day they say yes to you and to your way and to your kingdom. So Lord, minister in us, God, I pray for those that are here that are believers, but they've never really committed to maturing in you and really growing in you and pursuing you. Let today be the day they say yes to that. So God, minister in us today. Change us today, be glorified in us. Now, nobody's looking around, your head bowed, your eyes closed. If you'd say, Mel, I know I'm not serving God, but I wanna be. Um, I wanna surrender my life to him today. I'm not gonna, not gonna point you out. I just wanna pray for you. If you're here today and you say, Mel, I wanna be included in that prayer to surrender my life to Jesus, include me in that prayer. Would you put your hand up real high where I can see it? You can put it right back down if you'd say, yeah. Yeah, I see you up in the balcony. Praise God, who else? Yeah, thank you on my left, a couple of hands. Praise God. Yep, thank you, another hand on my left. Yep, thank you. Who else? Just a few more seconds. You'd say, Mel, include me in that prayer. Today's my day. Yeah, thank you on my right. I see you over there, ma'am. Praise the Lord. Yeah, another hand, a couple of hands on my right. Praise God, thank you. Awesome, awesome. Romans chapter 10, verse nine says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So we're gonna pray a prayer out loud. We're all gonna pray it together. I'm gonna give you the words to say, and this is not my prayer, this is your prayer. I'm giving you the words, but this is your prayer from your heart to God. So I'm gonna ask you to pray this prayer with us all. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus, your one and only son, to pay the price for my sins on the cross. From this day forward, I surrender my life to you. I'm totally committed to your kingdom and to your way. Use me for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a round of applause today, can't we? Listen, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, whether you raised your hand or not, scripture says you're a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. So we wanna help you. And here's the simplest thing for you to do. You can either fill out the card in the seat back in front of you and then take it to the info center in just a moment when we're done. Or you can simply text Summit PA to the number 94,000. That's Summit PA to 94,000. And we're gonna respond back to you. But either way you respond, somebody from our team is gonna reach out to you. We're gonna get you some resources and help you begin to grow in your faith. So please take a second and respond. Let us know either by text or by filling that card out. Um, one of the ways we worship here at Summit is through our giving. And, uh, and I'm so grateful for the generosity of this church. And so there's several ways you can give. If you'd like to give today, you can give with a check by making it out to Summit. You can give with a debit or credit card by visiting our website, summitpa.church, hitting the give button at the top of the screen. Um, you can also text the amount you wanna give to the number 84321. You can set up a one-time gift or a recurring gift there. Or if you'd like, you can give with cash by dropping one of our drop boxes as you leave today. Um, and just know that your generosity is making a difference. We're seeing lives transformed here in Indiana County and around the world. So thank you so much for your generosity. Let me pray over that. And then we'll uh, finish up with our final song. God, thank you so much for everything you've given us. I pray as we give back to you today, we would give with a joyful heart, knowing that you have given us everything we have, our, our strengths, our talents, our abilities, 
Um, it's all come from you. So God, we honor you and we acknowledge that today as we give you back a portion of what you've given us. I pray that you glorify, be glorified through it and use it to reach people around the world for your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. Hey, we're gonna sing one more song together today. And while we're singing, some of our prayer team's gonna be available and they'll be available following uh, the conclusion as well in just a moment. So if you've got prayer needs of any kind, find one of our team before you go. But uh, as we're singing this final song, can we celebrate? Can we just celebrate what God has done, that he's brought life from death, that there is life present where there once was dead people, that, that God is working in and through us. So why don't you stand to your feet? Let's worship together one more time before we go. Guys, I tell you every weekend, but I hope you know, I love you more than you know, and I'm so glad I get to be your pastor. God bless you. Have an awesome weekend. If you enjoy this content, please let us know by rating and reviewing the podcast. You can also contact us at summitpodcast.church. Remember to share this episode with your friends and on social media. Summit Podcasts can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Thank you for listening to Summit Podcasts, and we will see you in the next episode.